Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Casuals Only podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel and Facebook group, Casual Experts. My name is Luke Sittenauer, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Rebecca Bacon. Pleasure as always. And today we're going to be reviewing the second Scooby-Doo movie, uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to talk, bring up a couple of things. Um, I recorded an episode on the Comic Book Fans podcast, which should be out tomorrow, I think, uh, February, uh, not, Friday, March 29th, I think. Um, and then, um, also, uh, last week I mentioned um, that, yeah, so I mentioned a uh, My Fair Lady reboot type thing with um, Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. And um, mm -hmm. that, okay, so um, I talked to my, my mom about it, and um, uh, she said that in 1996 they met while doing a movie called I Know What You Did Last Summer. And mm -hmm. then in 1999, they, that's when they did She's All That, the My Fair Lady remake. And then um, uh, in 2002, I'm assuming after they did the first Scooby-Doo movie, they got married. And mm -hmm. um, they've been married ever since, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I was noticing that. I, I was looking up the actors this, this time around, and I did notice that they were married. I actually didn't know that until this week. Um, but you had... I had seen something in passing last week saying that they had been in a relationship during, well, the reason that the two of them had been picked for these roles had been that they were in a relationship and the director had wanted um, Daphne and Fred to be played by somebody in a real life relationship. So, so yeah, I, that, that is very curious, um, but also cool that they're married and <laughs> still going strong after 18 years. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, and then at the end of the la at the end of last week's uh, episode, you talked about how you had a, an opinion about sequels. Uh, do you want to expand upon that? Um, well, basically, uh, most often, <laughs> most often, if there is a sequel made of a movie, especially if it has no grounds, like if it's um, if the original is based off a book or something. And this, or or a series, and the second one has no grounding. If if it isn't based off of a book or anything, it's usually pretty bad, especially yeah. if they're just making it to get more money. Because that's mm -hmm. basically what they're doing with the sequel. I know a lot of people think, oh, they're making a sequel because people like the first one so much, so they're making it for enjoyment. Well, <laughs> that's not Hollywood, folks. Hollywood yeah. <laughs> makes stuff to get money or else if they didn't then they would go out of business and it would right. just be a whole bunch of indie films out there um so usually the second one isn't doesn't have quite as much work put into it and doesn't have as much substance and character development in it and as luke said i would be last week i was definitely proven wrong with this one with this sequel to Scooby-Doo. Um, I quite enjoyed it. And yeah. I think you had something last week about how you thought it was even better than um, the original. Yeah. 
So I, I, I did quite enjoy the uh, the second. So um, <laughs> I will have to recant that all sequels are bad because that is simply not true. <laughs> right, right. And I think a part of that was I was realizing while watching the second one is so we talked about this last week that the first movie was not initially intended to be PG, but it was later cut back. Mm -hmm. And there are certain parts where that is a little bit noticeable, but I feel yes. like this movie was always intended to be PG, and so they kind of went in with that mindset, and so I think it works a little better like that. I wouldn't say that there weren't uh, several instances, and uh, right. in, in Scooby-Doo 2 at least, that there weren't uh, at least a few uh, uh, references and such that they mm -hmm. make throughout, uh, which could have easily, uh, if they'd added one or two more, could have easily pushed it up to PG-13. Right. So, uh, can't say it's a complete kid's movie, because uh, sure. uh, adults would enjoy it just as much, but for different reasons altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, yeah, let's just uh, jump into it, I guess. Um, the, the movie opens up with the grand opening of the Coolsville Criminology Museum. And um, all of the, and Mystery Incorporated pulls up in a kind of like a mystery machine limousine kind of thing. <laughs> um, and, um, and they all kind of go out and they each have like their different fan groups. Um, Daphne, yeah, Daphne um, has these two dudes who have their face tattooed, her face tattooed on their chest. Um, Scooby is a group of dogs. Um, one thing I did notice is that when Shaggy meets his fans, there is, there is, for a brief second, there's a puff of smoke. Did you there notice that? There is, there is. Yeah. yeah. I noticed that. Uh, yeah, each, each of the groups has uh, a distinction about them. Um, I, I noticed that um, you were probably going to go on to Velma next. Uh, Velma, her, her group of fans has a uh, Dinkley Brigade uh, put on their shirts. And um, one thing I noticed with uh, Shaggy's fans, they all had these pins with hot dogs or something on them. I think it was, which I, I thought was odd because I, I don't know exactly how that links to Shaggy apart from he's a food lover. Right. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I, that I did hurt, that I, um... so when, when Shaggy walks out of the limousine, he's holding a Burger King cup. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yep. It's versions of the film like if like in the spanish version or the french version it would be a different restaurant like maybe one taco bell or something like that really yeah huh. there's, there's not like different versions of the scene depending on the region um i was looking up um uh, some of the some of the scripting of this movie um this week and um i happened upon the there's there's a later reference to Burger King as well, but it um it originally was a KFC reference, which I thought was quite odd. I'll I'll bring it up again later. But yeah. I thought it was interesting that they did reference they referenced Burger King two times in this movie, mm -hmm. which I've, I was like, oh, uh, wondering how that's exactly connecting to the filming and all that. I I don't think it has any connection apart from the actor right. wanted to use it, but <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then this is when we meet Alicia, Alicia Silverspoon's character. Um, I don't remember her name. 
but she's um, the reporter. I don't recall that I can look it up for further reference. Yeah. Um, hang on, I might have it written down here somewhere. Uh, uh, Heather, and I think it was Heather Jasper something. Heather, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and then, so she's a reporter. Um, uh, Heather Jasper How I think it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, she's a reporter and she's asking Fred a bunch of questions and which uh, later will be taken out of context um, <laughs> as they show the, the newsreel um, on TV. Um, one thing I wanna say about this movie, um, about 15 years ago when my sister was born, my dad bought a whole bunch of DVDs and, and this was one of them. And so, I, so part of the reason why I like this one better is because this was the one I saw more when I was younger. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think it, that will definitely play a strong role in preferences with movies. Uh, if you've watched them a lot when they were younger, does that right. make sense? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, when they go inside the museum, uh, they, there's a whole bunch of costumes, and unlike the first movie, these 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 are actual um, references to the cartoons. I'm not yeah. I don't remember all their names, but I remember a lot of them. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, it's I I thought that was really interesting because I was like wondering because oh um, it was the whole uh, mystery island and spook mm -hmm. the spooky island and all that. Everything from that was. Um, was not original it was all created for the movie because right. and and so when i started watching this i was i had the same question running through my mind of whether all this was real or not. and i legitimately went and i looked up each individual mm. um uh monster that they reference in this scene and sure enough each one of them is real in some capacity in in some capacity or other whether it's from um i think these ones were all from the cartoons but there's one reference later um which i believe was only in the comics oh, okay um, and i think that was the cotton candy glob sure. yeah um, anyways just found that very very cool that they actually used re the the real monsters in this one I, I think it's a good reference seeing as it is sort of a throwback to their past in this yeah. uh movie yeah, for sure. And also on a side note, I'm not going to remember all their names, so I'm just going to kind <laughs> of um, describe right. them and stuff. Um, so yeah, then we meet Seth Green's character. Um, Patrick is his name. He's doing a like a slow-mo walk and then fall <laughs> as um, he sees that Thelma. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of flirt over a bunch of nerdy stuff. And then she, he asks her out, but she turns him down. Mm -hmm. And then basically immediately after that, there's a lightning storm. And then this, this Dr. Doom looking guy with a big metal mask shows up and he steals a couple costumes. Um, but not before the pterodactyl one comes alive. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it causes a bunch of chaos. And then... Um, Later, after that, Thelma finds like a hatch, on, like a secret door underneath the um, pterodactyl. With um, what we'll, we'll later find out that that um, the glowing green thing is is 
is called randomonium, and that's the, the main ingredient which, which turns these monsters um, alive. Mm -hmm. Now, it should be uh, said. It should be said about this scene, though. A lot, a lot of glass is broken in this scene, and yeah. each one of the characters come out. And this is, this is kind of filing into that whole PG thing, uh, yeah. but keeping staying PG. But it should be said that every single character comes out without a single scratch, which I. I'm all for them keeping it PG, and I'm all for, I'm all for that. But it just doesn't seem realistic, <laughs> based on how much glass was broken around them, um, and on each of them. That I, I don't know. It, it that's one of the things which often annoys me with movies, and I can, as I said, I I understand it with this film because they're trying to keep it PG, but. Just little, um, little things like that can can uh, can really build up and ruin a movie. Fortunately, sure. fortunately, nothing too crazy. I mean, understandably so because this is a kids' movie. Mm -hmm. um, that it's it's not going to be ruined by uh, the <laughs> the characters not bleeding or something. Uh, it's not going to be ruined by that. Yeah. But if it was any other movie and there was that much glass broken. In a, in a in a scene, it would be, and they weren't bleeding. It would be very odd, very very odd. So, so then, if you were put in charge of making this scene, how would you change it? That's a good question. Apart from keeping all the characters away from the glass breaking on them, I can't think of. I can't think of a way. I mean, for instance. For instance, uh, one thing that happens in this scene is um, Shaggy and Scooby are both pulled along a table yeah. and pulled through, I think Shaggy specifically is pulled through like this stack of champagne glasses. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, champagne glasses are very, very porcelain. They're very, they're very um, thin for a reason. Yeah. So if somebody is pulled through a stack of champagne glasses, they're most likely all going to break. So just avoiding little things like that, where mm -hmm. it would be glass breaking all over their faces. With Scooby, it's one thing. I mean, he's shoved into plenty of glass, and they make this whole uh, cartoon aspect out of it, because he's a cartoon character. He's right. the one animated character. So it's understandable for him to be, you know, goofed up a bit. But... Just avoiding little things like shoving your characters into glass, maybe. But okay. yeah, it is a tricky thing to pull off, honestly. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then this is the first instance after after that scene where um, Fred is taken out of context. I don't remember what he says. Either it, he either says. Cool, Coolsville sucks, or they can handle their own problems. I'm not sure which one, because it happens multiple times. Well, this one, I believe, was um, Coolsville can handle their own problems. And it was taken okay. from when they had originally come to the opening, and he got interviewed on the steps. And they were saying, oh, what are we going to, how, how, um, what are you going to get, what are you guys going to do now that uh, you've solved all of our problems? And he said something like, oh, you guys don't need us. You guys can solve your own problems in a joking manner. So yeah, that was yeah. that was used this time because I don't think it even I don't think it even showed him getting interviewed. Uh, this scene it just shows him walking towards them because they had asked him 
to make a statement. Okay. Yeah. And it cuts to him. It cuts to him, uh, them listening, them rewatching the broadcast and him saying mm -hmm. that they can handle their problems. Yeah. And then um, we meet up with Mystery Incorporated in, I think this is something they added, but there's sort of like a Mystery Incorporated headquarters. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm not sure if it was referenced or anything in the first movie, but yeah, this is the first look we get at it. I don't think it. I don't think it was, it, unless it, if it wasn't like passing or something. I, right, unless they were saying, "Oh, let's get back to the headquarters" or something like that. No. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember anything like that. Um, anyway, um, Scooby and Shaggy are kind of upset that they um, sort of messed it up. Uh, they let the pterodactyl get away, um, and so they decide to be good detectives. <laughs> and then uh, we get a flashback to the original pterodactyl uh, ghost when he was still in a costume i think his name was jacobo right yeah jonathan jacobo, jonathan mm -hmm. jacobo. yeah and s were you gonna say something um one thing about uh scooby and shaggy it should be interesting it, it's very interesting how they you kind of they make a slight reference to the cartoons here where they say something to the extent of every time they make a plan we screw it up what they don't reference, though, is that usually, one way or another, their screwing up solves the case. That's it's usually yeah. kind of how would you, would you say that is that uh yes. that's how kind of they catch the bad guys is by them screwing up, and that is right. later reference. They do say something about that. Yeah. So I find that interesting that they're they're trying to stop doing that because they don't realize that, or I I'm mm -hmm. not sure, but they're trying to be someone other than themselves which right. which is a big point i think with this movie mm -hmm. is um that's got it's it, that point gets brought up a lot in this movie is to be yourself and to um enjoy who you are and to not try and pretend to be something other than yourself it gets it, it gets brought up a lot and i think this is one of the first one of the first references to it yes um and uh on the pterodactyl i don't know if you were going to bring this up or not but the pterodactyl ghost was a real character, a real monster, mm -hmm. from the cartoons, but it was originally, he was originally, uh, uh, his, his character was, uh, I think when they unmasked him, they called him Johnny, and okay. that's the only name that they gave him. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, I was finding something that was saying that in comparison, um, uh, they were thinking that they could be connected because this is Jonathan Jacobo and Johnny, so they, it, it could have been in reference to that. Um, but the original pterodactyl disguise was used to scare people away from a music pirating operation, which <laughs> I I went back and I I watched the uh, the scene where he gets unmasked, and they're like, oh yeah, he was using he was uh, part of a music pirating operation, and I. Honestly, this must have been so many years ago because it maybe that's still legal now, but everybody does it. Everybody pirates music at some point in their life, I think. Mm -hmm. So I just found that so funny that they made an entire villain in the Scooby universe off of pirating music because this is targeted towards kids and it's like, oh, pirating music is bad. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I, I just found that very funny that uh, that he was originally a villain for that reason. Do you remember which iteration of the cartoon that was? Which iteration? Um, I do like, not. I have. Scooby Doo, where are you? Or what's new, Scooby Doo? Or do you know what what? It, what was, it was the Scooby Doo show, I believe. Okay. Um. I'm on the I'm on the wiki fandom page right now for the pterodactyl. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, it says appearances, Scooby Doo Show, two hundred and three, hang in there, Scooby Doo. And yes, that's okay. probably the probably the title is my guess. So Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, uh in this movie, Jonathan Jacoby was trying to steal money to kind of fund his um his sort of uh weird not weird science but sort of like his uh, evil scientist um experiments to make real yeah. monsters and experiment with um randomonium. yeah he's basically basically the the very cliche mad scientist type that's yeah. what they're making him out to be and then he, they also mentioned that he went missing about three years ago and hasn't been seen since but then they bring up that his cellmate, Jeremiah Winkles, who is for the rest of the movie is referred to as Old Man Winkles, was released from prison about three months ago. So they assumed that it was Old Man Winkles who was using the um, the pterodactyl ghost to get uh, to get back at Mr. Ink. I'm guessing. I don't know if they have a motive yet. Well, um, I think that he had been. Um, <laughs> This is pretty coincidental, but I believe that they had said that he was also another another one of their villains. The was okay. it the Black Knight, the Black Knight Ghost? Uh, I don't right? know. It, it could have been. I, I'm not sure. I think that they were saying that he was the Black Knight Ghost because um, Shaggy later uh, brings it up when he bumps into him in the villain bar. Mm. He was saying, yeah. "Oh, your work on the uh, Black Knight Ghost was so inspirational." So I. I was thinking of how coincidental that was, that they were both villains yeah. that they had locked away, both as cellmates. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then they go to old man, the old man Winkle's, uh, like, estate. Um, and there are these, these two kids that bike up, and then they're like, um, th these two kids bike up, and they say, Mystery Inc. sucks. And then Daphne's like, I need a good comeback, I need a good comeback. And she says, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I thought that was funny as well. Um, it should be noted that this is uh, the other, the secondary moment that uh, Burger King gets referenced, which okay. I'm not sure if it was the original script or not, but there's a website. I don't remember what the website's name is, but there's a website out there, um, an older website that has some uh, movie scripts on it. And okay. yeah. in this... Uh, in this uh, copy of the script, it has it referenced as a KFC, and Shaggy's line that he uses in the movie is, how come we can't ever investigate a Burger King? Because uh, okay. this is in reference to Old, old Man Winkle's very scary, cliche, uh, overly haunted-looking mansion. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Maybe the, the script you got was maybe for a different region. or I, Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. That could be. I don't know. Because I, I know scripts get changed all the time. Scripts get changed on set as they're filming all the time. Right. So it could have been right. from something completely different, get a different uh, version of it, as you said, or they just changed it. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then they ring the doorbell, and as they do, they kind of fall into these trap doors, and then they fall into this uh, this giant hamster ball track thing, and they they roll around, and then when they stop, I this seems really funny too they see this girl scout and she's like hey do you want cookies and then it then it the camera kind of pulls back and there's these two mormons and they're like have you heard the good news <laughs> and, uh, that was really funny yeah i thought that yeah and i think uh scooby's reply to that was yeah there's cookies <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i thought it was funny because um in reference to the doormat trap mm-hmm. all the others fall straight down as yeah. normal humans do when there's nothing underneath them but scooby falls as you would expect a cartoon to fall uh hovering in midair and then trying to avoid it and ultimately falling and i think Mm -hmm. this is really cool because there might be one or two other references to it in this movie but scooby is seen as the only animated character in this so he can get away with something like that while the others not so much so i appreciated that little nod Mm -hmm. to the fact he was a cartoon in this moment yeah um, and then uh, Daphne uses her makeup kit to kind of uh, get a fingerprint because the, the balls are locked by a fingerprint scanner. And so she uses her um, makeup kit to get a fingerprint off the mm-hmm. scanner. And then they escape. And um, there's, a, there's a, a joke that you might have missed. but um, No, no, I think I got it because I was going <laughs> to say something. Um, was it some? Was it a joke that uh, they made while in the hamster ball? No, it was afterwards. Oh, well, then it was. Right? Oh, well, the one I caught was uh, Fred saying, "Watch the junk." To well, because they were all lying on top of each other, they'd all fall yeah. on top of each other, and um, oh, who was it? It was um. Not it wasn't Daphne. It was um. Well, anyways, I don't remember who it was, but one of them was laying on top of him, and he she's like, "Watch the junk," and they're like, "Sorry," and I just I had to go back and rewatch it because I was like, "That couldn't be what he said. That could not be what he said." Sure enough, and that I think was the original reason I went to the script to go find okay. the original uh what was originally scripted, and sure enough. <laughs> wow, that's funny. I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. What was your joke? Uh, it was as they all escape, the Girl Scout cookie says, the Girl Scout says, thanks for buying the cookies, and she's counting the money. Uh-huh. And she counts it to like a hundred something dollars. <gasps> oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, gosh. Because I, I remember, I remember, I remember noting that they'd bought cookies, but I didn't know that it was that much. Yeah. I think there's this universal joke that goes around, though, about how insanely and ridiculously expensive girl scout cookies are because they're a total ripoff i mean they're like five bucks a pack when you could go to the store and get that same pack for half the price yeah all of it is just the fact that it's girl scout cookies and it's to Mm -hmm. support a good cause so wow that is funny though Uh, and then they they split up and look for clues. Um, uh, sh- Fred, Velma, and Daphne they find this book on it's a, it's in like some kind of old language, um, mm-hmm. and it's about how to make monsters. And they find I think both Jonathan Jacoby and Jeremiah Winkle's names in it, right? Um, I don't think Winkle. 
I don't think Winkle's name was was in it. I think it was just John Fink Jacobo. And I think they'd said something like, oh, he must have given this to him before he left uh, jail. And it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, you're going to connect that only because you guys think that he's dead. But mm-hmm. to me, that just didn't make sense that they just automatically connect that apart from the fact that they're in Winkle's house and the book's in Winkle's house. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to mention this, but your your mic keeps uh, fuzzing out every now and then. Um, it's it's not terribly bad, but uh, okay. just be careful not to bump it or anything. Yeah. Um, and then Scooby and Shaggy are trying to do better detectives. And there's a couple visual gags where Scooby comes across like a face. Hey, Luke. Yeah. Uh, your your uh, mic's fuzzing out there. Uh, you might be bumping it or something. I don't know. Um. There we go. And then there's a there's a like a visual gag where Scooby's like finds a uh, safe or a notebook or something, and then um, he says, "Oh, a clue!" And then he grabs something mundane. That's yeah, what yeah. I find next to it. Um, I think it's funny because whenever he goes snooping around um, in the background, you the, the soundtrack, um, it's playing a playful rendition of uh, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And okay. at the beginning of this film, they had had a very dramatic version of it playing uh, right before the credits. Yeah. So I think that's really cool, because whenever he's sneaking around by himself, it always has that theme going. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and while they're just going through a bunch of junk that Scooby found, he comes. they come across a sticky note that says, uh the faux ghost which is a like a like you mentioned before it's sort of like a nightclub for all the people that um the mystery ink has captured in the past Mm -hmm. and um this that kind of reminded me because um there is there's like clubs and stuff for uh, in, in the real in real world in the real world where um like everyone who went on the bachelor but was rejected there's like clubs for that are you serious that is yeah. really weird. I never knew that. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> and so like this kind of has a precedent in reality. So I thought that was interesting. Wow. Um, and then they, um, Fred, Velma, and Daphne, they run into the Black Knight Ghost. No, I think Shaggy and Scooby run into the Black Knight Ghost first, right? I think so, yeah. Because they were going through uh, Scooby's uh, clues in the hallway and no they were they were celebrating the fact they'd found an actual clue and uh, they heard the they they ran into him and they tried to escape him by locking themselves yeah. in a room mm-hmm. um, yeah and then there's another gag where they sort of uh, barricade the door and mm-hmm. then somehow the black knight ghost gets inside and they don't notice it for a little bit um, then um, Fred, Velma, and Daphne come up in the room. They, and then and then Velma and Daphne start uh, fighting the ghost. Um, and uh, Daphne sort of rodding the ghost, but she was in the last. Hey, Luke, your mic's not working again. <laughs> Hold on. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um. Yeah, and then, so yeah, Daphne's karateing the ghost, and um, Velma's sort of looking through the, 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 the magic monster book, trying to find out how to uh, stop it. And then they, they um, 
this is one of the things that I remembered the most from when I was a kid. Um, they hit it right between the legs and it says, right in the round tables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I think it's really interesting how they, um, they make a slight reference to this uh, in the first movie um, of Daphne always being the damsel in distress and then they come back to her and she says, oh, I've learned karate, I have a black belt, you know, or whatever whatever she says. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting because do they uh, ever have anything like that in the cartoons at all about Daphne being the the person who's um, ever rescuing people or fighting the bad guy hand to hand? Um, not not really, not as far as I know. Okay, I, I just think they they put that in here as sort of like a expectation subversion kind of thing. Yeah. We expect her to be the damsel in distress, but really she's like the karate kid. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I don't like about movies, and especially about modern movies, is mm-hmm. that they masculinize the damsel in distress. And I'd I'd understand more if this wasn't rooted in something, if this was just a movie that they came up with. But seeing Mm -hmm. as they're pulling it off of, that that's another thing is that they're they're um, improvising off of the cartoons, and they're saying, "Oh, here's all the things we did wrong in the cartoons." Well, this is what the characters are saying. Oh, we we did all this stuff, and I don't want to be this anymore. Let's become Mm -hmm. better than who we are, and that's referenced by uh Velma having a relationship maybe um Daphne being no longer the damsel in distress Fred looking into his sensitive side uh Shaggy and Snoopy not being total mess ups any longer and that that's one thing I didn't like about this movie was that they're changing all the characters they Mm -hmm. literally went to each of the characters and they changed them and I understand that because it's called character development and i get that but this is also based on a really long series where these characters have only ever been who they've been right um and this one specific thing in general uh making daphne stronger and more capable is one thing that a lot of movies do to get to women to be more uh strong and masculine and i, I don't know as a female, I don't appreciate it, but I'm sure there's plenty of women out there who do. So I think sure. that's one nod to modern feminism where they want to uh, say, oh, the female can be the hero too. The female can be the knight in mm-hmm. shining, shining armor just as much as the man can. And maybe even more because, I mean, Fred gets knocked out at the beginning of the scene. And then she goes on to have this three minute long hand to hand combat with the ghost. So I don't know. Yeah. It's an interesting point that gets uh, brought mm-hmm. up. Okay. Um, so I don't necessarily have an issue with strong female characters in general. More specifically, my issue is with the, um, the, invinci- the invincible female trope, like mm. in Ghostbusters 2016 or something <laughs> like that. Right. Because like, I... I can I can watch a movie like Wonder Woman or Hidden Figures where there's there are strong females but they're flawed and they're human. Right. And I was wondering what your thought was on movies like like Wonder Woman or Hidden Figures or something like that. Just Well, 
the most recent Wonder Woman didn't give her too many flaws apart from being uh, naive, to say the least. Yeah. Um, I'd have to rewatch it again to <laughs> pick point. I'm okay with I'm okay with the movies that give us a flawed female who isn't invincible. I will I will agree with you on that. Um, where they can be defeated and all that, but it <laughs> this fight went on for how long? I mean, they went all the way around the room and up the stairs and back down yeah, again. Several minutes. And he didn't land a single scratch on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I don't know. I I will agree with you though that fight scenes that seem then again then again this is this is made for kids this is uh directed for kids this is this is a movie aimed at kids so it's not going to be as realistic as a movie that uh 20 year olds uh 30 40 year olds are going to watch and pick pick apart a little bit more right um but if if there were just a few more flaws to her and they do they do pick apart Daphne a little bit in this movie I think and I had been mm-hmm. thinking about her a bit before watching it thinking what does she exactly do for the group and then <laughs> that same point gets brought up in the movie which I think is quite apt um yeah. but yeah, if she was more flawed uh, in her skills, then I might appreciate it more. Okay, yeah, I understand that. Um, then after that, we cut to Shaggy and Scooby. They find out that the faux ghost is a nightclub, and so they devise a plan to escape Mystery Inc. headquarters. And so what they do is Shaggy fills Scooby's mouth with uh, whipping cream and then pretends he has rabies which I think is funny because he's not showing any symptoms of rabies he's kind of like faint and, and, and fatigued right which is not something rabies would, would do <laughs> yeah and he's still quite uh, himself <laughs> right right uh, and then after they leave uh, Patrick shows up and then Daphne gives Velma a makeover so I'm assuming it involves contact because she's not wearing glasses all the time. But basically, she... it's this leather joint, leather orange jumpsuit, um, which I think is hilarious that they just happen to be having yeah. laying around, which is their insinuation. Uh, yeah, this is another one of those references I was talking about of the one of the points of the movie is to be yourself, and yeah. Daphne gives some pretty terrible advice uh relationship advice um you know patrick would have liked patrick liked velma for who she was not who she thought he wanted him right. uh, she who she thought he wanted her to be um and uh Daphne says something which made me cringe pretty hard she says something to the extent of everybody has flaws the object of a healthy relationship is to never let the other person know they're there right <laughs> and uh, i that that is if that's not the opposite of a good relationship advice i i don't know what is um yeah and another thing she said was make yourself who you think they want you to be and mm-hmm. it's just as proven later, that's 
quite, quite flawed. So at least yeah. she has that as a flaw. <laughs> uh -huh. And it's, it's kind of ironic that um, she's the one that's been married for 20 years now. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. hopefully her, hopefully her uh, actress, the actress playing her has a bit better relationship advice than the character she plays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Scooby and Shaggy arrive at the Faux Ghost. They, um, do they, do they, I think they steal the disguises off of some dudes, right? I didn't, I didn't actually see, I don't remember. That would okay. be interesting though if they, if they stole them off of actual people. Because they, they get disguises and so Shaggy has this, like a alligator leather jacket and uh scooby has this sort of like a discotheque purple suit mm. and then an afro <laughs> uh, their, their whole outfits were <laughs> were were quite good i must say um yeah. from from scooby's uh entire disco outfit and afro to shaggy's uh gold tooth <laughs> mm. And yeah. um, his all his uh, fake leathers. So yeah, that was that gave me a good laugh. Yeah, and then they run into Old Man Winkles, who who has who has this kind of short monologue about how he regrets being a bad guy and how it's not that not as cool as as it, they make it out to be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think that's. That's that's kind of important. I know this is a silly kid. You're like, hey Luke, your audio is not working. Sorry. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes, okay. I can hear you now. When did it cut out? Um, right. Uh, you were talking about um, kids movie and uh, old man withers having a monologue. Yeah. So basically, um. I know, it, for being an adult, I know that this is very silly, but as a kid, I would understand them watching it and thinking this 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 nightclub is cool and then wanting to be that. But mm -hmm. so that's why they kind of put this monologue in there about how it's not cool. Yeah, that makes sense. How he regrets his decision. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, they start playing Earth, Wind, and Fire, and then they have this uh, long dance scene. <laughs> With, I just uh, want to just want to keep watching that scene over and over again. It's just <laughs> there's so many good good things about that dance scene, except for the fact there's this random dance scene in the middle of the movie. <laughs> right, and then they um yeah, and then they even mentioned the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, but then um, through a bizarre series of event events, both of their disguises get uh, knocked off. And then they get found out, and then they have to escape through this sort of trash shoot mm. thing. And then, um, basically, right after that, the rest of the arrives at the criminology museum with Patrick, and they find out that all the rest of the costumes were stolen, stolen too. Mm -hmm. And then this is when there's Fred's second interview, in which he says. Coolsville sucks, obviously out of context, but right, right. He had said something like, "You're trying to make me sound. You're trying to make me sound like I'm saying that Coolsville sucks," and then they just use that little clip. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
and then Patrick's very distraught, and so um, he leaves and um, uh, yeah, and then there's this kind of visual gag where um, Daphne reaches down inside the jumpsuit and she pulls up her sweater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, um, especially with how tight they made that look. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that she just unzipped the front and supposedly she just had the sweater on underneath the entire time. Right. So, yeah, I liked that too. Yeah. And up again, the Dr. Doom looking guy shows up. And then, um, and he talks about how he sold the costumes and stuff like that. And then, um, then we cut back to the Fogo where Shaggy and Scooby run into Patrick and he has a sort of tough guy act on. And um, this is kind of meant as a misdirect because they're meant to believe that Patrick is the one behind it. Yeah. There are, there are so many occasions where he could have just, I, I don't know, this entire movie is screwing around with the audience trying to make us believe that Patrick is the villain. Right. Um, to the extent where you're, you're left at the end wondering um, why he seemed so villainous. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. There are just so many occasions in the future that come up where it's like, okay, if you just not acted suspiciously, y- you wouldn't have been suspected and if you had just explained what you were doing, some of the things he does in the future can't even be explained away, I feel. But yeah, and that's kind of an issue a lot with a lot of times with the um with the mystery genre, how like there's the the red herring trope. And mm-hmm. sometimes they lean, they lean into it so much where it's like that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense for it not to be true after that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Shaggy and Scooby follow Old Man Winkles to this uh, silver mine, and they have this sort of, uh, they have the two cans tied on the rope, and they're talking to each other. But then um, I believe it's Shaggy, Shaggy's bush falls over, and then he makes like, he makes like an exclamation sound. Mm-hmm. And then Old Man Winkles turns around and says, darn bushes are yelling at me again. Yes, I, I caught that as well. I thought that was quite funny. Um, though... I believe in the original cartoon that didn't happen. I didn't watch it, though it seems like most of the entire episode happens within a museum. Um, so I I thought that would be funny, though, if we went to the cartoon and found that uh, that actually did happen. Um, mm-hmm. Though I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, this uh, a visual gag with um so there's like the the room is completely dark and there's the moon coming the light of the moon coming through the windows and as shaggy and scooby walk through the shadows they change their position eventually um there's the the two i don't know their names i'm just gonna call them the twin skeletons yeah the skeleton men yeah they kind of get involved Uh, i think that's kind of funny yeah i liked that visual yeah and then Fred, Velma, and Daphne show up at the Silver Mine as well. They come across Old Man Winkles, who is sort of selling a pitch of a talking about how um, 
the he's talking about like how these kids are just gonna mind for, for 18 hours straight and how they get to like get <laughs> the experience that was funny your uh mic's being a little fuzzy okay can you hear me now yep you're good right now okay it just goes and in then, a little bit yeah and then shaggy and scooby find this elevator that goes down to like a secret lab and then they find um this potion refrigerator and i think this is one of the funniest points in the movie um so they, they start drinking these potions and then so scooby turns into an alien the tasmanian devil and then smart scooby throughout the events of drinking his potions mm -hmm. and as shaggy drinks this potion uh, he turns into a female, and then afterward, he gets really strong and buff. Um, it's very, very silly. Um, yeah, I think I, I don't think that a movie can go by um, about these guys that doesn't have a short scene of just the two of them messing around. <laughs> right. But I, I did think that the scene was quite good. Yeah. <laughs> and then Fred, Velma, and Daphne, they come down the same elevator and arrive in the lab. And then... Uh, that turns back. And afterwards, back to normal, he says, that was almost exactly like my freshman year in college, which is another drug reference. Another drug reference, probably, yeah. <laughs> and then this, like, safe vault that was broken open in the process of them drinking the potions. And then it leads into this, like, this sort of industrial machine room where the, this is where all the, the costumes are turned into the monsters mm -hmm. and then um shaggy and scooby accidentally trigger the machine and then <laughs> it makes more monsters um and then they they disconnect the sort of like main part of the panel this sort of circular disc thing right like the control uh, control panel of sorts yeah yeah and then they all get sorry like you cut out there for a moment what'd you say oh they, they get separated again while oh. they're being chased mm -hmm. by monster um shaggy and scooby they get trash cans and they're sliding down a hill <laughs> being chased by the uh the twin skeletons mm -hmm. and then they just as they reach the bottom of the hill, the mystery machine pulls up and they they slide right into it. <laughs> um, I think I think um, you you had mentioned for the first movie that um, I believe at the very beginning when they were fighting uh, the ghost, the beginning that there was this real long. I don't think it was a long shot, but just this long scene of. Um, Scooby and Shaggy doing uh, crazy stuff and just doing a uh, whole bunch of accidental stuff. And I think this uh, yeah. goes back to that again of um, they have this long scene of doing something uh, really crazy and goofy and uh, messing around, I think. And I, I, liked, um, I liked the scene where they were going down the hill on trash can lids. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot was, of fun. Yeah. Um, and then we cut back to the town where there's this really big traffic jam and everyone's really mad at Mystery Inc. <laughs> um, and then this, this ghost ship shows up with, it has a, the masked figure on it. And he's, he says that whoever 
gets whoever brings in Mr. Ink will um, live, which implies that he'll kill everybody else. <laughs> um, yeah, and that yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I I was just wondering where you got the pirate ship from. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing yeah, that, that there was another uh, villainous character that had um, a pirate ship, but that would that would mean that he'd have to get it from somewhere, like the yeah the fake pirate ship, because the whole reasoning behind these monsters actually existing, as you said, is putting them through this machine that makes them real. Um, so. <laughs> I don't know. I, very curious about the pirate ship, <laughs> but yeah, and I don't think it gets. To... I don't think it gets brought up again. No, it doesn't. But at, to your point, he would have to bring the whole giant pirate ship through this machine <laughs> to turn it into a fucking ghost ship. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Jacobo somehow pulled it off with his yeah. mad scientist skills. <laughs> um, and then they drive to their old high school clubhouse. Um, they go inside and there's this picture of them playing Frisbee and there's a, an extended flashback <laughs> to them sort of playing Frisbee. Mm -hmm. um, and then Velma figures out a way to somehow reverse the device and then sort of uh, turn all the monsters back to just costumes again. And then there's, there's a montage of them sort of uh, setting up the machine and then it cuts outside to Shaggy, and he says, they're totally having a montage in there without us. I thought that was a lot of fun. That was really funny. Always, always love a good fourth wall break. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Captain Cutler, he's the old-fashioned scuba, uh, scuba diver-looking ghost. Um, mm -hmm. He shows up out of the water, um, and then he chases them, and they all get into the mystery, the mystery machine, and then they drive away. Um, and so Captain Cutler sort of chains the machine. He's kind of pulling it in there, but then they put it in reverse and they, they run him over. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's, as they're driving through downtown Coolsville, there's this really cool shot of, like, of the pterodactyl. It's sort of above the, as it follows the, um, the mystery machine. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, it rips out the carpet and it, it's, there's an extended sequence where they're being dragged outside of the machine as, as Scooby drives it. Yeah, uh, I found it interesting that they taught that somehow Scooby knows how to drive. I mean, I almost yeah. thought at first that they were going to make it seem so accidental, his, his skills of driving. Right. Make it seem so accidental that it, it's like, yeah, no, he doesn't know how to drive. But it almost sort of makes it seem like he does know how to drive because he's like, how do I do this? And then he just moves it and he's doing it so casually and not, he's not freaking out or anything, but he's doing it so casually that it makes it almost seem like he knows how to drive. So, right. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they, eventually he figures out how to drive back to the silver mine. Um, and then there's sort of this sequence where they're all together and then the Black Knight shows up and Fred's like, I'll take care of him. And then they go to, and then the four of them go on. The, I believe it is the 1000 volt ghost shows up mm -hmm. and Daphne's like, I'll take care of him. And then there's the, the I believe skeleton it, skeletons, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They show up and Velma's like, I'll take care of him. You go do that. You go do your thing. 
and then Shaggy and Scooby run into Minor 49er, which is the one with the big beard. Um, and then <laughs> and they handle him pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they part him. I must say, I <laughs> I must say, I really did imp- appreciate the the scene uh, of Fred fighting the knight with Bon Jovi's Dead or Alive yeah. playing in the background. I <laughs> that yeah. was, that was pretty good. Apart yeah, from the like fact a... that um, I think they were doing, uh, they were trying, they were oh jousting. That's what it's called. They were yeah. they were jousting, and Fred's lance wasn't at all aimed in the right direction. <laughs> Apart from right, that, <laughs> he's on a motorcycle, and the Dark Knight Ghost is not the Black Knight Ghost is on a big horse. Right, right. Um, yeah, Daphne and uh, Fred team up, and they figured out to zap. The, the Black Knight with the 1,000 volt ghost mm-hmm. and take out two birds with one stone. <laughs> um, and I don't think Emma defeats the, the skeleton men. I just think she escapes. She does just escape them, yep. She, like, dives into a, um, a hole, like a vent that leads into the building and it kind of slams down on the two of the skeleton men as it slams shut. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, and then she finds this sort of like a shrine to Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's there's like a projector going and stuff. And it's Patrick's shrine, but Patrick's just somehow there. It's not his at all. Yeah, I I don't know. I... Was it really not his? Because that's kind of the feel I was getting from that. Because it wouldn't make what? sense for Jacobo to have made it. So, unless somebody yeah. else had made it entirely. But I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, Jacobo, I, maybe Jacobo had made it. And that, that, that would make more sense than Patrick having made it. Because then that's another factor of Patrick that we can't explain away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Either Jacobo is a, a total narcissist and he just built his own shrine, or somehow Patrick went to this silver mine and just kind of built a shrine to him underground. Randomly, or, yeah. Yeah, someone else's. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then, so yeah, uh, Velma thinks that. No, yes. Yeah. yeah. Daphne or Velma, I get him confused. Yeah, I do too. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> Um, it's Daphne, right? The orange one's Daphne. No, it's the other way around. Okay. Yep. The orange one's Velma. Okay. <laughs> um, and so she assumes that Patrick is, uh, the bad guy, and so he, she almost falls, but then he catches her, and he's like, mm-hmm. just listen to your heart, I, I, it's okay. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, as you mentioned before, Shaggy and Scooby run into the cotton candy glob, and then they eat it. Yeah. Um, I that was a, I think their I think their phrase was friendly meta monster that we could sink our teeth into. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I just want to say if anyone wants to build a ghost to defeat me, you make it out of cotton candy. I, I can't stand it. <laughs> you mean you can't stand it as in you would lose or you would eat the cotton yeah. candy? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, they then they eventually all regroup, but then they, they get by all the Sorry, Luke, your mic's cutting out again. Okay, am I back? 
<laughs> yes, you're good. It just cuts okay. in and out every now and then. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they get stopped by all the monsters uh, right between them and the machine. And then there's a callback to the Frisbee scene as they sort of yes. throw the device back to each other. Yes, I, I thought there would be a reason for that whole throwback because uh, it was a pretty long uh, memory that they had while in the old the old clubhouse. And then that happened yeah. later. I'm like, ah, a little bit of deja vu here. It wasn't mm -hmm. the exact same, but it was pretty pretty similar so i yeah. I, I think i like that quite a lot mm -hmm. and then um sorry luke your mic cut out again no can't hear you yet hang on Sounds better yeah. now. Okay, so the tar the tar monster is just the tar monster. There's not a name for him. I think that's all it was was the tar monster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they 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 one by one get stopped by the tar monster until just Scooby with the device, and then he gets cornered, and he sort of um, bumps into this fire extinguisher, and somehow mm -hmm. he figures out to spray um, the tar monster with the fire extinguisher, and it sort of turns it into ice. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know how he figured that out. Right. As, as, as Shaggy had said uh, previously, everything that they, anything good that they ever do is done by accident. So uh, it seemed pretty on purpose, but yeah, I don't know how yeah. he would have known. Yeah, I would have appreciated it. Maybe there was just like something that maybe happened earlier on in the movie and that reminded him of that. Mm, yeah, that would have made sense. Um, and as he's sort of surfing around on the frozen tar monster, um, the Scooby-Doo theme song starts to play. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he plugs in the device and all the monsters turn back into costumes. <laughs> and then they go out back outside where all the press is and all the fans are. Um, and then they, they, they get the mask figure and they take off the mask and it's, what was the reporter's name again? Alicia Silverstone's uh, character, Heather. It was, I think it was Heather. Yeah, Heather Jasper. Yeah, okay. Heather Jasper. But then they take off another mask, and it was Jacoby, who was acting as Heather Jasper for the past three years. Um, and then, and then they, um, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. And then they, um, and they're like, and all this time he was. She was being assisted by Ned, and it, I thought that was hilarious that it was just Ned, this random guy. And then they, they try to take off Ned's mask, but Ned is Ned. Is Ned Ned I is just Ned. Funny. Yes, I like that, because usually with all of their monsters, their monster is wearing a mask, and not the sidekick, evidently. Yeah, yeah. I think it was funny, because he said something to Jacoby, like, we snuggled. <laughs> but we snuggled. Yeah. You're a guy. <laughs> oh, that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then one of the reporters asked Shaggy to put on the Captain Cutler mask. Mm -hmm. He does so, but then he accidentally scared Scooby, and then they both fall over. Um, and then as the credits roll, they're dancing at the club. For some reason, they're all allowed in there now, including Patrick. Um, <laughs> they have a choreographed dancing as the credits roll. Um, so overall, you, you, you enjoyed the movie? 
Yeah, and I think I think I can probably say that I liked it at least as good as the other one, if not better. Yeah. Um, if not more, because it it went further in depth, I think, with the characters. Yeah. And while the other one didn't really have any points that you could learn from it, like as a kid watching, there's mm-hmm. no point that you can take from the the first movie that they make. But with the second one, it's brought up over and over again to to not put up a facade of uh, who you think others would like of you, but to just be yourself. And right. um, that's made with, with Velma because she likes Patrick, and so she's trying to be somebody else. It's made with um, Fred, at least. I, I didn't... In, I didn't entirely appreciate their prodding at his sensitive side because um, I don't think that ever got brought up in um, the cartoons at all. But that's, right. again, as I said, another thing that they're just doing to um, to further the characters' uh, personalities and such, develop mm-hmm. them as human beings instead of just oh, Fred's a jock, you know, he's senseless and he just does whatever he likes. Um, And it's true, guys do have emotions, guys do feel things, but I I thought it was odd that they had to um, make that such a specific reference. Maybe it's because he'd never been seen as someone with emotions before in the cartoons, but... um, then with um, Daphne and her whole, oh, I don't know, just her in general. I think more of her development was made in the first movie. So okay. I'm unsure how much, what character development would you say she had in this movie, if any? Um, there was a little bit. Um... Like yeah, like you said in the first movie, because uh, the the three year gap where she was just a damsel in distress, but then she was the karate master. But yeah. then in this, in this movie, there's only a little bit of it because when she's talking to uh, Heather, Heather's just like, "Oh, you're just you're just a pretty face," and, but that never really gets brought up again. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So and I'm. I'm yeah, I, I would say this the same with Fred. His his sensitive side thing only gets brought up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. The main sort of development, as far as characters go, was definitely um, Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby, I would say. Absolutely, yeah. I was just about to say, with Shaggy and Scooby, just their whole persona of, oh, we can't do anything right, we never realized this before, which I I liked that reference back to the cartoons, because it's every single episode with them is them messing up, and then all of a sudden in this yeah. movie, it's a change of pace, and they're saying, oh, we never realized before, but all we ever do is mess up and we can't do anything right uh, unless it's by accident. And if only we could do something right for once on purpose. And then that kind of develops there at the end of them saving the day on purpose for the most part, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I liked that they had the character development in the movie um, because you don't, you don't make a movie off of a series um, to be just like the series. You don't right. make a movie 
that's the exact same thing as the series. You want something that kind of builds off of the series and expands mm -hmm. on the characters and the story and the plot. And that's what this does, along with the other one. The, the yeah. first one started with them all breaking up, and that was uh, sort of a rude awakening for anybody watching it of like, wait, wait, how's this going to work now? And yeah. then with this one of them having all this fame and then suddenly losing it and um, having to go back to their roots, essentially, mm -hmm. um, and almost literally with the old clubhouse, um, yeah. and going back and just learning how to become a team again and mm -hmm. learning that the magic was inside themselves all along sort of <laughs> feeling, which... Yeah. Which, you know, isn't a bad message to send to kids. Don't try to be somebody else apart from who you are, you know? Be yeah. the best version of you. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I appreciated what they did with this sequel. And I mm -hmm. appreciated it as somebody who generally doesn't appreciate sequels that this was a, that this was a good sequel. Yeah. So um, there was plans to be a third movie, but really, one yeah, one of the producers. So uh, the original series was created by Hanna Barbera, the two animators. Um, mm -hmm. They created a whole bunch of cartoons in the seventies: the Flintstones, the Jetsons. <laughs> and then they continued to be producers on all the projects. Hey, Luke, you cut out again. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, That's okay. So producers on all these DVD projects up until about 2005 when one of them died. I'm not sure which one. Um, Luke, can you say that again? Yeah, I'm sure. It up. Okay, so go. they were producers on all the Scooby-Doo projects up until about 2005 mm -hmm. when one of the two died. I'm not sure which one died. Um, but there was plans to make a third one where they would go, I believe it was somewhere in Europe, and they would sort of have to deal with the ramification and this randomonium that can that can create life out of inanimate objects. Huh. And that's all that's all I know about it. I don't know. I I'm, I I heard that all the people would have been back, including James Gunn, to write it and and so on. Oh, that so, would have been good. Yeah, that's all. That's all I know about it, as far as that goes. Do you know when it was originally planned to come out? Um. So there was three years between these two, so I'd assume probably somewhere before 2010. I'm not sure. Oh wow, yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure. So if they if they did make another uh, a third movie, they at this point, at this point they would probably have to use different actors just be, just because of how old the other four have gotten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, these are pretty good movies. Um, uh, next week, we're going to be... The 2015, right? 2015 version of... I Anthem believe it was 2015, yep. Based, yeah, on the the, based on the very old series. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason why I bring it up, because I know that there was a movie in the 70s. We're not mm -hmm. going to look at that one. We're going to look at the 2015 one uh, starring Henry Cavill. Um, yeah, until then... Um, I'm Luke Sittenauer. Make sure to check the links in the description for the episode of the fan cast that I was on. Uh, the, our links to the YouTube channel and Facebook group. 
Uh, and then we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.